I am burning up. I bet I don't make it through this message in this thing. It's, it's wool. It's 100. If you want to wear it after service, I'll be down front and you can wear it. Miss Gemma, how are you? It's good to see you. We got little ponchos for the kids. They look like little Indians. My wife's part Indian, if you didn't know. She's got some Indian in there, some Spanish in there. Um, she's multi-ethnic. I always knew I, I would marry a multi-ethnic lady. My, my favorite movie, should I get into this or should I stop? I'll stop, never mind. <laughs> should I keep going? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Image. Image. What time is it? I'm all over the place. 41. Okay, we're going to do okay. Um, image. That's what, that's what it's all about. I want to take just a few Sundays, because I can. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but I just want to take a few Sundays in the month of January. I think there's three left, but it might be four. Um, but I want to preach a few messages on our image. The more I was thinking about the new year, and my wife's really good about, um, you know, putting things on paper and, you know, organizing those things. And we're definitely a team. Anything that's happening at Bethlehem, it's gone through uh, the Sarah filter. Like, just believe that. Um, But she's very good at that, very good at processing things. Me, uh, not so much. I just, like, have really big ideas, and I just like to run for it. You know, the details sometimes get lost in the minutia, uh, which is why God is bringing people that are very detail-oriented into my life. I love you, Brandon. <laughs> that helped me control myself. Uh, but anyway, um, that being said, uh, 2019, I hope that you're using the natural... Ecclesiastes talks about it, right? Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, uh, wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, and he talked about how God gave us times and seasons, right? Times and seasons. And he goes into, there's a time to laugh, a time to cry, a time to dance, right? A time to plant, pluck up that which is planted. What, what are... What are we talking about here? We're talking about the seasonality of life, right? And, and haven't you seen people in your life that have struggled with those seasons, whether it's getting older? I'm, I'm struggling in the season that I'm in. I'm watching my child uh, who is, I mean, God has put many seeds in her of leadership. And, and I hope you're identifying those things in your kids. But, I mean, she is a strong-willed girl. So I'm trying to just foster That's what I'm doing as a parent. You're teaching your children to obey you so that they will what? Obey God, right? I'm fostering that relationship, which is not easy, uh, so that she can fulfill her purpose. And I'm teaching her about her image, her identity. And the Bible says clearly that our identity is found in who? Christ. So when we talk about the seasonality of life and what that means... When the new year rolls around, it's no mystery that we are all trying to make resolutions. That we are all trying to force ourselves, even if it's against our personality, (laughs) to go into that mold. We're putting ourselves into that mold so that we can grow, so that we can be better. If there were no, imagine if there was no seasons. Imagine if there was no, and the evening and the morning were the first day. If the sun never went down on our wrath, then we could never rise up to have joy in a new day. Aren't you glad that God made seasons? Aren't you glad that a bad day can be a good day tomorrow? Aren't you glad that a bad year can be a good year today? That's that's an amazing blessing that God gave us. So I want to help you calibrate. Like, you know, anybody have a drone? I like drones. 
Uh, I used one for, you know, the, the sales uh, roofing uh, estimating that I did. You know, you have to calibrate that thing. When you control it with a remote, there's an inside like gyroscope and it tells you flip it all the way upside down. Then turn it all the way around. Does that sound familiar? You ever been in a situation in life where God went, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. I'm not going to do the backflip, but you get the point. God flips you upside down. What is he doing? He's calibrating you. You're the drone. You're the tool in God's hands that he's going to use for the sake of the gospel. And so he has to reset our image every now and then. I'm going to talk about image, and I mean image, I mean identity, I mean all those terms that define you for who you are. And I want to put that in Jesus. I want to reset that so that you're you're 19 for 19, all those things that you're writing down, have you written them down with simply Jesus in mind? I didn't go crazy and jump on the church Facebook group and on my Facebook. I'm just, I'm, I have such a hard time doing social media in general. I get irritated with it. I'm going to get better about it. It's one of my 19 and 19. Pray for me. But the point is, is I didn't jump on and tout all these things that I'm doing and haunt my horn and I'm reading all these books and blah, 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 blah. Why? Because I don't want to be that guy. And then in three months, how you doing on that? Great. <laughs> what were the 19? <laughs> See what I mean? And, and I'm afraid that we are geared that way as a society to just completely hit this reset button. But we have no substance behind our seasons. We just change with the seasons and we just keep changing and we just keep changing and we'll just do it this way now and we'll just do it this way now with absolutely no direction. So what comes of our seasons? Are you really different this year than you were last Have you really accomplished? Did you set a financial goal and hit it? I mean, let's just talk about seasons with our finances for a minute, right? How many of you have had seasons in your finances? Sometimes you got it and sometimes you what? You don't. Wouldn't it be something if we had steady, constant principles in our lives that governed those seasons? That's what I want to help you do. When I had my time away out in the mountains with the Indians on the reservation, I, I just really disconnected. I didn't open my laptop for several days. I didn't really get on my phone much. And I just thought about this, and this is what came back to me. We need to go to the Bible, and we need to redefine who we are. If you can find who you are in Jesus, you'll be good. I won't my job's going to be easy. I, what do I need a pastor for? i got a personal relationship with Jesus. I don't even need you. It's a great pep talk every week, and I'm serving in my ministry, and, and the Lord's just using me, and I'm winning co-workers to Jesus, and I'm bringing people to him, and it's just amazing, Steve. What's going on? What's going on is you know your identity in him. That's what's happening. How, how many of you feel like you need an identity reset button in Jesus? It's okay to be honest. Cool. All right, cool. So this sermon's for you guys. All the rest of you that didn't raise your hand, you can just put some earplugs in, okay? Just kidding. Take your Bibles, turn to Isaiah 61.10. Keep your finger there, then go to Genesis 37, verse 3. Isaiah 61.10 and Genesis 37.3. There's Bibles. We're going to read a ton of Scripture this morning. 
I might go a little bit over, but I'll, I'll try not to. If you'll listen quick, I'll, I'll talk quick. I'll limit the rabbit trails. But I want you to see this story. How many of you like stories? You like stories? Okay, good. If you don't have a Bible and you want to use the one in the pew back, or a lot of it's going to be on the screen, but not all of it. So let's jump right in. Let's pray real quick. Father God in heaven, we love you. We cherish Jesus as our greatest treasure. Father, we thank you for him and all that you did for us through him. Now we're striving to be like him. Bless your word this morning. We know it's alive. We know it's quick and powerful. It can define us rightly the first time. And that's our prayer this morning. May we be defined by the word of God. We love you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray, amen. Amen. Isaiah 61.10, image. If I had a title this message, the title would be, that's totally you. That is totally you. I hope that when I put this jacket on this morning during my message, you guys were like, that is totally you, Pastor Matt. I mean, that is on point, right? On, what is it, fleck, fleek, I don't know. That's on fleek. That's totally you. Ladies, you ever got dressed and your husband was like, girl, that is totally you. Did you marry some kind of valley girl? No, just kidding. (laughs) He probably didn't say it that way, but you know it. You know when you get dressed and it's on point and he's just like, "Mm mm-hmm. And then all the single ladies, no, I'm just kidding, right? You have those outfits that you wear that you think, that's just me. And men... You know those t-shirts that just don't fit anymore? Can I get a witness? They will in six months because we're going to stick with our New Year's resolutions. But those uh, those schmediums, you know what I mean? It's like, that shirt used to fit. And now I'm like up in my pants size. I'm up in my shirt. Dave, I I need to change. Chad was talking to me about it this morning. We're going to change it, aren't we? We're going to change it. But but those shirts that we used to wear that we felt muscular in, uh, you know, our chest is in our drawers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, but the point is, is we just aren't looking the way that we used to look. So it takes another outfit, a different size for us to put on to really get that picture of confidence again. What we, re- what we wear affects our confidence. It really does. Why are we wearing Ravens jerseys today and we weren't wearing them three months ago? Because Joe Flacco finally sat on the bench. Can I get a witness? <laughs> That's why. Come on. Get the rookie in there. But, but do you understand that we're confident in putting on a jersey and flying our purple because we're going to dominate the playoffs? Can I get a witness? How about them Chargers? We're going to kick them right in the teeth. You know what I'm saying? But the point is, is, we're, we're, is it the Chargers? Is that who we're playing? Okay, good. Okay. Anyway, the point is, is we're proud and we're confident to put the jersey on. Why? Because that defines us. But I've never seen a town turn so fast on a team when they're playing like crap. That ain't my team. It's like, wow, easy does it. Everybody's in a bad mood if they don't get their Dunkin' Donuts the next day. But, but the point is, what you wear brings confidence. So if I can prescribe to you, uh, if I can tailor the stitch, stitch fix or whatever box that can be sent to your doorstep once a month with clothes in it, if I can be your spiritual trunk club today, and you can subscribe to this app, I'll send you your spiritual clothes to your doorstep. And how many know what trunk club is? Come on, nobody? Uh, then it's a box. You get an app and you say, this is what I like. And they send you an outfit and charge you a ton of money every month. Uh, but, 
anyway, people don't like to dress themselves. They want to identify as X, Y, and Z. Just make me popular. Make my likes on Twitter. My follows go up, right? Image, identity, we are obsessed with it as a culture. And if we were obsessed with it as Christians in the right way, I think we'd get somewhere in 2019. I'm going to tell you a story today. Isaiah 61.10. Holy cow. I'm already, this is going to be a two-week message, I think, unfortunately, because I can't shut up. Isaiah 61.10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. How many of you want that to be your relationship with God? Listen to the prophet's words this morning. I will greatly, Isaiah says, rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. This is coming from a cry of captivity, knowing that one day the Messiah, Isaiah 53, will come. He will change everything. Jesus will bring to pass all that is not. Uh, My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he, check this out. Is this, I think this one's in there, Brent. It's not probably the last one. I think I moved it to the very end. I'm sorry. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. Oh my goodness. He hath, I underline this, he hath covered me with the robe of, what is it? Righteousness. How many of you are just spiritually naked this morning? How many of you are just None of us would dream about coming into the church house without clothes on. It would be so embarrassing, right? You don't need to see all that. Mm -mm. But yet, we're sitting here spiritually naked. Spiritually vulnerable. When was the last time you said, I just feel so clothed in Jesus' goodness? Said every Christian in 2019, never. Don't you feel like the devil has us in such a vulnerable place? You feel like the enemy knows exactly where to hit you, exactly where to tell you. You know, like, uh, (laughs) the vulnerability of clothing is to say that if your stomach was not covered, you would be self-conscious about it. He just hits you and says, you're not clothed in Jesus' righteousness. Look how bad you are. (laughs) That's what he does. Because we're not getting dressed. We're not clothed in his righteousness. Listen to this. As a bridegroom decketh himself for ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. Someone tell me that this was 1,500 years before the church ever came. And he's describing the bride of Christ. That's why the word of God's amazing. Isaiah 61.10. Write it down. Underline it. That's, how, that's what we're going to get dressed in. Every day this year in 2019. Own that verse. What will happen... To or through you in 19? What are you going to wear? Are you going to look the part spiritually? I'm going into 19 like, what? (laughs) Okay. The point is, is (laughs) I'm wearing something that is uh, a bit outlandish. And I I think I'm going to rock it every day until I just can't physically bear the heat anymore when it warms up. But is what you're wearing making a statement for you. Church, listen to this. We're the image of God. We are the image of the invisible, eternal God. I mean, that that should do its own work right there. If we let him dress us, we will always be dressed for success. 
When was the last time you put on that robe of righteousness? Why do you feel inadequate? Because you're not letting him dress you. Go to Genesis 37, 3 through 4. Now I've got a role. Now Israel loved Joseph. Here's what the story is about. More than all his children. Because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. What do you think? You think it looked like this? I think it did. I'm an Indian outlaw. Just kidding. <laughs> is that who's it? Tim McGraw? I, half Cherokee and Choctaw. Just kidding. I don't know what the. <laughs> anyway, a coat of many colors. Hey, look, my socks kind of coordinate too. You see? see, if I were Joseph, I'd be like, Hey, yo, Dad, you got some socks to match that coat of many colors? You know what I'm saying? He put on that coat of many colors. Why? Because his dad loved him. Does this sound familiar? All the other brothers despised except Benjamin, his blood brother, because they knew he was loved more. Doesn't the world look at you when you're actually clothed in Jesus' righteousness and say, you think you're better than everybody else? You think you know better? Let me explain something to you. You do. You're loved. You're a child of God. You are one and it's sitting on the heavenlies because of Jesus at the right hand of God. You are different. You are better. They can be too if they believe. But if you're a believer and they're not, you're wearing a coat and they're not. And I feel like so many times we as Christians, we start down the path of the robe of righteousness, but when we put it on, we don't like the negative effects. If I bear the cross, Jesus said, then you'll know you're my disciples. How many took the coat off because they didn't like it? I don't want to wear that coat anymore. Let me explain something to you. You're going to learn from this story how to wear the coat right. You're going to learn from this. If you will open your heart, if you will open your mind to this story in the Bible, it will change who you are. You will never look at yourself the same. Listen to this. You'll never look at your problems the same. You can't read this story and and come out with an excuse. You can't. If you will approach this text, this story, this person named Joseph that put on a coat of many colors, I guarantee you, you'll own 19. Look at it. When, verse 4, when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, I underline this, they hated him. Could not speak peaceably unto him. Let me explain to you a few ways that Joseph looked, clothed in this coat of many colors. Joseph looked loved. When they looked at Joseph, they saw someone that knew he was what? Loved. This coat that he wore meant that he had security in his father. Man, what would we do if we as Christians knew that we were loved by our Father God. What would we do? Just to to put the preface right there, we could end the message, go home, and muse on the fact that you're loved. You were a sinner. You were without. He picked you up out of the muck and mire and planted your feet on the chief cornerstone, the rock that is Jesus. It is very sure, very sure. Your anchor holds. He grips that solid rock. And he said, I'm going to give you, as Isaiah says, a robe of righteousness. You'll wear salvation and you'll know that you're loved. That's what Ephesians is going to teach us. It's going to speak to everyone around you that there's something about you. It doesn't matter what you go through. When I look at you, I know that you're loved. 
When I endure in my relationship and in my marriage and with my children, there's one thing that gets us all through. It's that we all know that we're loved by God. Joseph adorned that coat, even though his brothers despised him, because he knew it was a sign of his father's love. How many of you, that's powerful this morning. Ephesians 6.12, hint, I'm placing some of these texts to get you excited about the study. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Joseph understood that his brothers were not the enemy. How many of you already, you're losing 19 because you're doing what God wants you to do and someone else is against you? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Starting off, when you put this coat on, know that when you're attacked, they're not the ones attacking you. The devil is behind every negative attack that will come against you. Fact. That's what scripture says. In a, in a world that ignores facts. Truth isn't truth anymore, have you noticed? Identity doesn't mean anything. It can mean whatever you want it to mean today. I'm going to identify as a fill in the blank. It doesn't mean anything. Yes, it does. God made you fearfully and wonderfully. He makes those decisions. And when the enemy is attacking, it's not your brother. It's not your sister. It's not your wife. It's Satan. Verse 18. 37 verse 18. Follow the story. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto him, watch this, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. This dreamer cometh. You you can't miss that. Come now, therefore, let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will say, some evil beasts have devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. And Reuben, the oldest brother, heard it, delivered him out of their hands and said, let us not kill him. Reuben said unto them, shed no blood, but cast him into this pit. This is in the wilderness and and lay no hand upon him that we might be rid of him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. So here's the story. Joseph, wearing a coat of many colors, being loved, the Bible says, dreamed a dream. It's amazing how much clearer our future becomes when we wear what God wants us to wear. It's amazing that when he put on this coat and he knew he was loved by his father, how much God just took over in his life. And the Bible says that his dream was like this. There were 11 stalks of corn, and they all bowed down to him. There were then stars in the sky that all bowed down to him being the greater light, even the sun and moon, which meant even his mother and father would bow down to him one day. Joseph had dreams. Let me explain something to you. Your identity comes with a plan. When you accept the identity of Christ and I'm clothed in His righteousness and I'm wearing what He wants me to wear, He's going to order your steps. He's going to tell you what's next. He didn't dress you to sit on the sidelines. He puts you in the uniform to get in the game. He puts you in the uniform to make a difference. He puts you in the uniform so that you could dream a dream. Do you understand? 
If you never put the uniform on, you're not in the game. You put the uniform on, you're going to dream dreams. And they despised him for it. Church, listen to me. This gives us perspective on all those that oppose us. I'm not trying to be some like weird, isolated cult that says, everyone else is against us. Stay strong. Stay together. Here's the Kool-Aid. <laughs> we're already prepped. If we ever move towards cult-like activity, we're, y'all are done. Because I've got you hooked on this coffee. All of you are going to come in and pump that. And, <laughs> I'm like, he, he, he got them. <laughs> I'm just being dumb. <laughs> Don't drink the coffee. They're crazy. <laughs> What's the point? I don't know. I got way off track They're right there with that one. <laughs> the point is this. We have to understand that people are going to come against us. Are they the problem? Yes or no? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Joseph had the right perspective. And this was his own family. Oh my goodness. How many have ever been attacked by family? Come on. And those are the ones that hurt the worst. What hurts the most is when mama's close. Just kidding. I just wrote that. <laughs> That's why I live far away from my parents. Love you, mom and dad, if you listen. <laughs> family's, family's tough. I'm, this is what happens when I go on vacation. I'm so wound up. I got enough sermon up here to preach for the next month. I got way too much material. I'm going to shut it down when God tells me to shut it down. Listen, church. The point is, is when you put that coat on, God's going to give you a vision. Nothing weird. He's... Proverbs says he's just going to order your steps and people are going to come up against you. And here's what Joseph found. Because, what's the first thing that we know about Joseph's outfit? He looked what? Loved. Point number one, Joseph looked what? Loved. Let me explain something to you. Joseph identified as a dreamer. Joseph identified as a dreamer. How many know that our world is sick right now? It's sick. If you, my mind's blown. I mean, I can't even tell my daughter. I mean, I can and I will, but if I was to be culturally relevant, I would just tell her, you want to be a boy today? Go be a boy. You want to be a girl today? Great, go be a girl. You want to be an it? Sure. Like, where have we gone? We've crossed a line. We're, we're in the twilight zone. Something's back there, and I think it's going to get me. <laughs> Something. Something's going to get me. They don't like when I'm preaching. I'm like squirrely today. I'm like, okay, we're talking about poison in the coffee, and somebody's coming to get me. Anyway, <laughs> when you wear things, the enemy will attack you. So here's the thing. He chose to identify. Man, this is so good. Don't miss this. He chose to identify as a dreamer. Mm. You need to let that sink in. Think about what he was up against. His brothers, he wasn't even there. Here's the point. All Joseph did was obey. Joseph was home with his father. Read the story. Read the story because this is going to pour into next week. Okay. He was home with his father and his dad said, Joseph, go check on your brothers. Make sure that the flocks are okay. That's what they were. They were shepherds. The Israelites were shepherds. All he was doing was what his dad told him to do. He was obeying. He was doing his job. And when he was yet afar off coming to them, they were conspiring to kill him. 
They were the co-workers on the sidelines going, we're going to shut her down. We're going to shut him down. What they think is going to happen isn't going to happen. But through it all, he still identified as a dreamer. How many of you have lost your identity as a dreamer? Maybe it was a spouse who just didn't see it the way you saw it. Maybe what you saw for your kids just never became a reality. Don't stop dreaming. Have you lost sight? Go back and look at what God gave you to wear. He gave you His righteousness. He gave you a coat of salvation. You're fully... This thing's pointy, isn't it? It's really pointy. I don't know why they made it that way. (laughs) It's really pointy. Maybe that wasn't the best decision in that part of the message. (laughs) Now I'm really an elf. Steve calls me an elf. He's missing it, but... Church, who took your dream from you? Am I just, am I hitting home here at all? Have you stopped dreaming? I got dreams. I mean, I got like vivid visions of what's going to happen here. I can feel it. Why? Because God dressed me. It used to be that our culture in business was you put a suit and tie on. I grew up that way. Suit and tie, suit and tie, suit and tie. But Google has changed that, right? Silicon Valley, there's now CEOs that have way more money than anyone, and they wear a T-shirt and jeans. What are they doing? They're redefining what, what success looks like. So now, therefore, they can be in a professional world, not dressed the way that others thought what success made them to be. It's time that we define our dreams by the love that God has for us. If God was your father and he truly loved you, is there nothing that he wouldn't lead you into? Is there not any opponent that he would not conquer? If God be for us, church, who? Who? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's the principalities and the powers that are just shutting your your dreams down. I'm telling you, 19 and 19, my 19, we're going to get it. We're going to conquer. We're going to crush. We're going to have the biggest dreams that you could ever imagine, and they're going to come to fruition. Why? Because it's God's dream, not ours. If I am a child of God, I am loved by God, and He's writing the story. I'm just a part of the narrative. we we got time for one more point. (laughs) Judah pipes up when they say, let's Let's kill him. Judah says, what good is it to kill him? No, we'll sell him. We'll sell our little brother and we'll take his coat, his picture of our father's love, and we'll tear it into pieces. telling you something's coming. We'll tear it into pieces and we'll cover it in in goat's blood. We'll give that to our father and say, some beast got him, tore him a new one. We don't know where he is. They ate him. We found his coat. And we'll sell him into slavery. We'll take the money and we'll split it. And this is while Reuben, the oldest brother, was trying to say, guys, don't kill him. We'll just throw him in a pit. Reuben, in his mind, thought, I'll come back later, get him out of the pit, and take him back to dad. 
But before Reuben could even get back to put him in the pit, the brothers were splitting the 20 shekels that they just, I think it was 20, that they made off of their little brother and sold him into slavery. Can you imagine? Some of you are like, heck yeah, I'd sell my sister in a heartbeat. <laughs> anyway, but the point is, they took control of the situation. Here's where I lose a lot of you. I'm just going to be real honest with you. Can I be honest with you for a minute? I lose a lot of you when things don't go your way. When others take control in your life, for some reason, Christians have a really hard time with God's sovereignty. They say, God couldn't have been in that. God couldn't have been in a death. No. No. God couldn't have been in on someone turning their back on anybody. God wouldn't do that. We've created these spiritual partitions in our mind of what God will and won't do. And so therefore, when something doesn't go basically your way, you think that God doesn't have anything to do with this. The trouble is, is that God was orchestrating it the whole time. Joseph understood this. We're going to see, we'll go into next week, we're going to see this story open up and unfold like you would not believe. What he's about to go through in Egypt is going to blow your mind. But I want you to internalize this for a second. In order to get to Egypt, he had to be sold into slavery by his brothers. In order to accomplish God's will, he had to be betrayed. Sounds like someone else I know. In the same night he was betrayed, he took the cup. Judas betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver, came up and kissed him on the cheek, and that sent Jesus what? To the what? To the cross. We're, we're not dealing well in 2019 with betrayal. We're not. We're just not dealing well with it. I, I need a church family, ooh, listen to that word, family, that deals with betrayal from other family members and don't run and don't consume and take over and talk bad about Joseph, you'll see it next week, he saves them. Joseph sees the big picture. I don't want to spoil it. I just did. (laughs) Church, listen to me. But he had to accept the betrayal. If he didn't accept it, he wouldn't have handled it right. And we're going to see how he handled it. 2019, for us to crush it, for us to own it, we're going to have to understand that we're going to have to own the betrayal that we're going to have in 2019. I'm not just a, I'm not a doom and gloom guy, trust me. That's not me. But I am a realist. And I do roll with the punches. Step one. What is it? He put on the coat. And he looked what? Loved. That coat, that love in his life, 
produced what? Dreams. And then followed betrayal. Are you willing to put the coat on with me? I mean, didn't I wear this babe in the airport coming back? I got some looks, you know. They're like, what is that white boy doing with that Indian jacket on? What closet did he stuff him in? Because that ain't his jacket. But I'm okay with the looks. I mean, I like attention. Can you tell? It's in my personality. The, the point is, is I'm going to own it. I'm going to wear this thing all over Baltimore. I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> Why? Because I feel loved. This talks to me about culture and where my wife comes from. That's a lot of love there. Church, are you ready? Are you ready for the betrayal? Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're sitting here today, if you're sitting here today and you just say, hey, uh, I mean, we just, I'm just going to get real with you real quick. We didn't even really get to the meat meat of the message. We're going to get there next week, but this is good enough for now. This is a start. How many of you believe that just wearing Jesus' righteousness, just owning who you are in Jesus, and, and <laughs> wearing, I'm not, I'm not talking about, and I think this is clear, there was a period of time in my life where looking like a Christian was wearing a suit and tie. I'm way past that at this point, and I think you know that. I'm not talking about how you dress up on Sunday. That's not what I'm saying. In fact, that has done more to kill the Christian culture in America than anything, I believe, because we have convinced our children that if you look this certain way, everything's going to be okay. If you look the part of a Christian, then everything good is going to, to fall into place for you. That is, there couldn't be anything that is a bigger liar further from the truth. You see, in the story of Joseph, he was given a burden. He was given a beautiful coat that caused problems. Church, are you ready? Are you ready to put on the righteousness that Jesus bought and paid for? Jesus went to the cross. You say, I'm a sinner. I'm not able to make it. I'm not able to get to heaven. I know. There was someone else who bought and paid for that. There was someone else who said, I know that you can't clothe yourself. I know that your goodness doesn't look good, but mine does. And Jesus came and he lived 33 and a half years without sin so that he could pay your price and say, here's the coat. Here's my righteousness. And the Bible uses a term called imputation. What it means is he gives it to you. He says, here's my righteousness. Just accept who I am and where I'm going to put you in my family. And when you say yes to Jesus, I want it, Jesus. Jesus, I'm giving my whole life to you. He says, okay, here's my dream for you. How many of you, the buck has stopped there 
You chose Jesus. You're saved. You're going to heaven. You've been given His robe of righteousness. But the path that He has chosen for you, you're fighting it. How many of you, that's you? Raise your hand. I just want to pray for you. There's one. There's two. There's three. There's four. There's five. Oh my goodness. How many of you can track with the fact that when you tried to go down that path, people were against you? People betrayed you. How many of you have experienced that? No one's looking but me. Raise your hand. How many have experienced it? Yes. We've got to get better at dealing with betrayal. How do we, how do, we do that, Pastor Matt? This kind cometh not, but by prayer and fasting. We're going to see in the coming week, next week, really, we're going to see how Joseph deals with it, and I think it's going to open your eyes. But we first have to accept. If there's someone here today and you have never put your faith and trust in Jesus, no one's looking. Everyone's doing their own heart work this morning. I hope that everyone's praying and, and, and just sitting in that in their, in their heart. But if you're sitting here this morning and you say, Pastor Matt, I've never, I've never put my faith and trust. I've never put the coat on. When I look in the mirror, all I think about is how ugly I am. I don't look loved. I want the coat of Jesus' righteousness. I want to accept salvation from Jesus. I want Him to change me into everything that I'm not. I would like to accept Jesus today, and I've never done that before, Pastor Matt. Here's my hand. Will you pray for me so that I can do that? Pastor Matt, I want to accept Jesus as my Savior. Anybody? According to our testimony, we're all saved. We've all put our faith and trust in Jesus. <laughs> that means there's some people here that are dreaming. How many say 2019 is going to be a year that I dream for the Lord? That I let Him show me what He wants for my life for the first time. I, I'm open, God. God, I look loved for the first time. I, I'm seeing it in the text. Joseph was ready. He put that coat on. He didn't care what other people thought because he knew his relationship, the most important one, was him and his father. And he dreamed big. How many of you are ready to dream big this morning? You're ready to accomplish something for God. And I, I, I'm going to do it, Pastor Matt. No one's looking around. But, but you're praying about what God is going to do through you this year. Raise your hand. I want to pray for you. You're seeing a dream. You're seeing it. He's got it in your mind's eye. What's He going to do? Yes. Yes. Exactly. Internalize it. Pray for it. Right now, pray for it. God, please bring it to pass. God, please give me the strength. You know that betrayal's coming. Are you ready for it? Come ahead, David. We got somebody that's getting baptized today. So take this time. Take this time and just pray. Bow your head right there in your seat. We've done enough, if, if you're like me, we've done enough thinking about what we're going to do and what we're going to change and, and how we're going to do it and how we're going to accomplish it. Let me explain something. What you're doing right now is how you're going to accomplish it. Right now. You pray in your heart, God, help me wear it well. Help me to wear your love well. God, help me through the betrayal. 
God, help me to dream big as a Christian.